Hello, darling. Hi, darling. I am Tammy. And I'm Danique. And we are your curators of thought. Right here on Labels Accordingly, where we bring you a bit of truth, a bit of fun, and the best conversations. So let's get into it. Gosh, okay, so what should we talk about? Let's talk about what we were talking about with the two biggest so what do you think were the two biggest um shifts in western humans consciousness in the late 20th century and the current century we're in the 21st century so um i think you know i think the first one is 9-11 not 9-11 i'm sorry um rodney king I think Rodney King was shocking because I think black people always knew they were being brutalized by the police in America, but I think white people didn't um, know that that was really happening. And to literally see a man on tape with, I think at the time, what was it, like 10 cops? I mean, just wailing on this man on the ground was staggering. So I think Rodney King and then I think OJ. And I and I say OJ Simpson and because... I've listen. I I was in America, and there was no other time. I think OJ made the the country more racially polarized than even Rodney King. I think, and I and I think the reason why OJ made it more um, polarized than even Rodney King because with Rodney King, it was people understanding just brutality, right? And so it wasn't about was something that black people knew but it wasn't just about black people it was about like everybody knew and it was this collective um outrage about what we all saw but oj was strictly racial because here was a black man that killed a white woman um and when he got off i mean America was so divided. It's why I think we just did like a, a TV show with OJ Simpson, right? Like we just did, it was a whole movie about it. Like people still yeah. talk about the OJ Simpson trial. That's how polarizing yeah. it was for America and still is. Like the Goldman family is still suing him and still pursuing him for that judgment. Like that OJ won't end until either he's in the grave or the Goldmans are there. Yeah, I think, yeah, well, I mean, I'm definitely going to say Rodney King um, because that was a big one. That was the first time we actually seen, we've actually seen something like a home made. It was almost the first reality show, yes, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is, you know, so terrible to say. It was the first reality, real life experience or close or as close to something as real life as we've ever seen on television I think before that it would have been for me and I don't know I think they had an American version of this but um uh what's the what was the show called um what's the show called where they had those people who would send in their homemade videos where they had little blunders and fell over tables and stuff oh cops no like um no it was a comedy oh Oh. Um, you've been framed. Oh, that must 
Was yeah. that here in the US or in the UK? I think you, I think there was a U, US, uh, an American version, but in the UK. So we had this, it was a comedy. It was almost like a comedy and people would send in their homemade videos of them like tripping over or falling downstairs or falling into the pond or ripping their wedding dress or something. And it was kind of, you know, that was that was probably the only really real or, or as close to real homemade videos we ever saw. So when I was about, I think I was possibly about or seven when Rodney King happened because was it 1991 and the when the the atmosphere in my house so you know we we um I grew up in a household where everyone's quite diverse but the atmosphere in my house changed and it was always you know we always had these little undertone conversations about police not really um being favorable to black people in custody but the the narrative was always and even amongst black people the narrative is always well, I'm a good citizen and I behave like this. And, you know, um, when I was younger, I thought, yeah, you're right. If you behave really well, the police won't hit you. And then we have this video that comes out and it's shown everywhere. Yeah. In the the UK as well. So usually all of this stuff would have happened in the US and then it filtered down. And in the UK, this is shown. And it was almost like, I told you. Mm. And that shifted in people's minds because now we're we're having this conversation of it's not it's not like a nursery rhyme anymore it's not some it's not hypothetical it's real right. it's a real yeah, yeah. thing my dad is saying i told you this is what happens and that's how they treat people when we've blown it all under the carpet and that happened um and I think that changed some people's views. Um, it, it it may have reinforced some people's stereotypes of black people, but may, but strengthened it to the point of you know he deserved it. He was um, violent and this and that and whatever your thoughts are on someone's uh, where someone stands legally, we all possibly our consciences, our conscience told us what we saw was wrong. right. Right. Even if we thought, no, well, you know, he was bad, he was a thief, or he was this. Yeah. Everybody's conscious co- conscience collectively said what we watched was wrong. Yeah. So I think that, and I think that may have had an, in, um, you know, some people don't want to have their view shifted like that. So it made people even more racist than they already were. And it made some people a little bit more compassionate. Yeah. Um, and then, um, so then for me, um, OJ was OJ was almost a catalyst. Uh, sorry, Rodney King was almost a catalyst for what happened with OJ. Mm. And so I kind of, because of what happened with Rodney King, I kind of expected that outcome with OJ. Because now we're saying now there's this conscious work. Conscious. Now you know the of, funny thing about that, right? Mm. So because of what happened with OJ, it, I believe it's why the Melendez brothers actually got convicted. Yeah. Because. They were not going to allow them to go free in California because they just let OJ free. Because yeah. I think any other time, those two white boys would have gotten away with killing their parents. But their yeah. trials happened right after OJ. And so I think yeah. they there was no way they could have let them get off after yeah. what happened with OJ. So OJ, Rodney yeah. became, became the catalyst for OJ. And OJ yeah. was the catalyst for the Melendez brothers who actually yeah. did go to jail. So it's interesting how those events played out. And it was kind of, so for me, I mean, I mean, this was, a, this is not my second one, but possibly linking to Rodney King. So then here at the UK, I don't know if you know much about Stephen Lawrence, 
Um, so just briefly, he was a young guy from southeast London. So he lived probably <laughs> very close, maybe a few roads away from where I live now. And he and one of his friends were um, coming back from an event or a party or something. And they were at the bus stop and they were attacked by some youths who um, raci- they racially attacked him and, and, and murdered him. Mm. And, um, you know, we're still in this midst of Rodney King. But, you know, in the UK, we still try and distance ourselves a little bit from America. So we, we, we think we're a bit more civilised than you. And so instead of doing what, what um, the USA did with the Rodney King and making this very public, um, the UK and a lot of the organisations in the UK spent a lot of time, and not just the police, but we have Scotland Yard who own the entire um, police, policing um, units in the UK. And we have our media, so particularly the Sun newspaper, yeah. who we'll come back to probably on another date um but they spent a lot of time downplaying what was happening um gaslighting the family and to the point where the family needed to find ways to get these people convicted and i mean right to this day we're still unsure that happened in the 90s and to this day we're still unsure of what actually happened and people weren't actually convicted for the murder they were convicted for things that happened around it so um i think the uk did its best to um uh to help dampen our views on racism and police brutality whereas america really helped us to to see that it was happening right so those so so that really heightened people and i think both instances there they polarised people. It polarised people and it gave a lot of um, minorities, but in particular black people, um, the face of what being black was like in the West. And actually trying to find solace amongst each other now, because now we are in the US, we're seeing that this brutality had happened and black Americans are trying to figure out how they create their communities. And then in the UK, black people were trying to figure out how they create theirs. Mm. And, um, you know, we st- and then you still have the people, black and white, who still believe that you only get beaten up by police or police only do the right thing. Um, if you're doing the wrong thing. If you're doing the wrong thing, yeah. So, you know, we still have people who think like that. And again, whatever your thoughts are on that, you still have to actually understand that there are, uh, there is a human there who needs to be trialed accordingly because that's what we would believe we're a democracy we believe that people need to stand trials and that's how it works we don't believe in police brutality and we cannot accept that that happens but we can accept that it happens in other countries we just can't accept that it happens here in the uk and the us i i, so but then, I think we're at the place where we actually now accept it i i think yeah. to actually um, read and this is this is this is wild to me, right? But I think to actually mm-hmm. read a police take somebody into custody and it, they actually go through the criminal justice process is now almost seen as an abnormally as yeah. opposed to <laughs> them actually beating you or killing you on the spot. Yeah. Like it, it is, it has gone reverse now. Yeah, and that's it. And I think 
that has that has helped to polarize people so people cling on to their identities um as particularly the black people because we want to we find this sense of community because we have this general understanding that this does happen yeah and it is most it mostly happens to people who are black right. so well we I, i'm going to this... challenge that thought maybe mm. that's on another podcast um, yeah. uh, that it yeah. mostly happens to people of black i just think well, it is mostly uh, when televised Yes, it's most the the publicized. It's mostly televised and publicized of black people. Yes, Um, and and that's you know we'll talk about that because you know I think that's purely by design. But yes, I I one hundred percent agree. I believe the publicized and this has helped us to have identities, but I believe it's helped us to also it has helped other organizations like our governments and the elections to find that in us and link it to voting for the black party right again we'll talk about that (laughs) again so my second one really is we had this lull and everything kind of went back we had we went through the recession in the 90s and um things I mean for me growing up as a black person in the UK I never felt that I was wasn't heard there were things that were happening but on my television screen definitely in the 90s there were definitely more black tv shows in the 90s um we had desmond's which is i don't think it's on the u.s um netflix just yet but on the uk they're doing the replays of desmond's which was about um a a, a family who were um from guyana Mm. And they came to the UK and they own a barbershop in Peckham. And, you know, this was what we watched all the time on our television. So that's what we saw. We had a show called The Real McCoy, which was a black comedy sketch show, which was great. So there were things, you know, that didn't ever make me feel like black people couldn't thrive in the UK. We thrive differently to white people because we tend to lean into things that were a bit more creative or um uh tele like uh, entertainment but mm-hmm. i didn't ever walk around life thinking i you know we couldn't do what we want to do um until we get to 2001 and 911 and that was the second thing for me the second biggest movement or the most pivotal polarizing thing that happened in our living history as you know somewhat adults i think i was about 17 at the time and here we are again. And this is the first time in my life that I have ever seen real life Western white people terrified on television. Mm. Mm. Again, almost like a reality TV show. It's the first time we've ever seen in our lifetime Western white people terrified because the, we, don't, we don't know what has happened. So we've had um, the IRA in the, the UK and under Margaret Thatcher's law. So that was um, the Irish, uh, if you know the Irish history, so the Irish were trying to get rid of our, prime, our wonderful Prime Minister, Margaret Thatcher, if you know much about her. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we had the IRA, but the IRA would give our government notification that they were going to bomb at this particular time in this particular era. So it would give well, people you know time. What? 
listen, mm. aren't white people just so polite? Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. they give you notification. <laughs> I mean, like how, like, how polite is that? Like, yeah. <laughs> we are going to bomb you, but we're going to do it at 5 p.m. at mm-hmm. London Yard. Yeah. Like, they're just so polite. They'd give you the area so, you know, you'd have time to evacuate. And so it was scary, but there was, it was like, oh. It was more of a it was more of a frustration and just the, the annoyance and the inconvenience of it all. There was, you know, there was time to move on and there was probably there was definitely fear, but it wasn't the fear of 9-11 because 9-11 came out of nowhere. We all woke up on that morning and not for me, watching that, so I, I switched on the TV um and sorry mum, I bunked college that day. And um, I was at home with a friend of mine and we bunked because we were just like, you know, we'll go tomorrow or something. And we switched on the television and it was about 9 or 10 a.m. here. And um, we saw the first tower, the North Tower burning. And so the plane had probably just gone through. Um, And as we're watching it, we're watching all of these terrified people and we're like, we're all confused. And I'm seeing, this is the first time I'm seeing actual terrified white, real life white people. So it's not Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street. These are real white people, Western white people, not Jewish, not anything that we've read in books, you know, not slavery, not the Holocaust. These are Western white people who we always see pioneering everything across the world and, you know, crusading and all the rest of it. They are experiencing the terror that other countries have experienced. And and I think that shook something in people. And then obviously, we know, the rest is history. We now bomb whoever we like um and (laughs) because of that and um our fear has dissipated and now we've gone back to our regular 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 viewing in fact oh syria yeah you get a bomb libya you get a bomb iran Iran, you get a bomb bomb. you know iraq (laughs) you get a bomb like we we have we have you know, awaken from our terror and slumber back to our regularly scheduled programming mm-hmm. of bombing people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I, I would say um, it's funny that you knew where you were on 9-11. I knew 9-11 happened because I was unfortunately um, in the emergency room having a miscarriage. Oh, oh and my gosh. none of the doctors or nurses were coming in the room. And I was just like, where are, like there was nobody. It was the quietest you've ever heard a hospital. Mm. When I mean quiet, I've met quiet. Nobody was talking. And so, you know, Mike and I was in the room like, where are the nurses? Where are the doctors? Because I was in the middle of miscarrying Mm. this baby. And this nurse comes in and she says, turn on the TV. Mm. And we turn on the TV. And as we turn on the TV, I think that the second plane was getting ready to hit the building. Mm. And at first I thought it was... I. I wasn't sure what I was even seeing because yeah. it just seemed it like, like a movie. This, it looked like a movie. Like, what is this thing? It looked like Die Hard. Yeah, I just I thought it was like a movie or something. And they go, no, this like we're, we're under terror attack right now. And I was like, whoa. So yeah, like nine eleven for me will always be memorable for for that very reason of where I was when nine eleven was yeah. happening. But yeah, I, I think it was the first time white people really were afraid. But I, I think the awful thing, and I think the catalyst that changed too, 
that fear turned into the worst kind of Islamophobia, yeah. I think. Anger. I, like, that has ever really yeah. happened in ever. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I, um, I then, you know, I, you know, my life, I ended up marrying a Muslim um, Arab. And um, yeah, so for me, I didn't view 9-11 in the same way Western people viewed 9-11. Mm. I viewed it from people who had been trained by the West and then absconded, absconded, sorry, to um, <laughs> to, go, to go do whatever they want. So almost like what I'm seeing now with, um, you know, we're, we're doing it digitally digitally now so we're we're wanting to censor people who make us feel a bit upset and uncomfortable and mm -hmm. I, and and um from from the perspective that i had seen the build-up of what how 9-11 came about i had seen that the west had helped to to help these people to thrive exchange goods in exchange for oil as we always do taught mm -hmm. them how to fight and exchange firearms and mm. then when things changed for the west they absconded them they said go go back and let's pretend you this never happened in exactly the same way we're doing with people on the internet we are wanting to cancel people who we have helped have these platforms we have we we've, we've given them these platforms we've let them say whatever they like for for the for the longest amount of time they've built up audiences they've built followers they've built their own spaces on the internet where their followers will follow them now because you know they've mm -hmm. successfully mm -hmm. converted mm -hmm. them and now we're saying we we will censor you. We'll censor you, and and then that's it. You'll just disappear. And I fear we will have similar outcomes. Maybe maybe in a digital form or or some other form. But we, I think, we in the West, we we don't learn from history. We try to we 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 censor everything. So we we censor everyone everything. We censor. Um, how people learn about history, what parts of history we learn and how we learn it. And, you know, we're, we're always going to share our history in, in favourable light of the West. And right. um, so, and in doing that, what we do is we don't give people the right information to make informed right. decisions. And if we did right. do that, we would have more people who would probably be less hostile. And like you say, they would probably be less xenophobia less anti-semitism less all of you know less racism because we are now learning things from two different perspectives and then we right. as a democracy that should get to choose which side or how we navigate that as a as, right. as a group as a people but we don't get to do that we get we get told we're a democracy but we get treated like uh communists we do. We certainly do. I think I said this to you on Facebook and I, it just made me giggle. Like I, I said, at the length to make everything Western and white is astonishing to me that I read that a chimpanzee underneath its black fur is actually white. And I just, <laughs> it made me giggle so hard. And I go, I, I do appreciate the effort though, because it got, it takes a lot of effort to write in on the internet uh, as a, I, and I forgot the article where I found, but it was a reputable 
publication that wrote that the first people were pale people. Mm. Um, and they know this to be true because the chimpanzee is actually white underneath this black fur. Um, and that's our closest relative in the animal kingdom. So if the chimpanzee was white, then naturally humans the first the first <laughs> people were pale and we and the humans evolved into darkness. Yeah. And I was like, okay, but if that's true, why is it that black people can create every race and white people can't? Like a black person can give birth to a white person. Yeah. It's called an albino. Yeah. So if you if you have two albinos, right, and you just nature takes its place you can you can continue having white i've yet to see any white person produce and i mean two white people not a white person with a black partner either way just two white people pop up oh no that's not true there was that one lady in um in south africa but i think they call it i forgot what it's called matriculation where it's a gene way 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 back in the family that can show up but the black gene was there okay i've, I've never There's heard of that not, i need to i need yeah to... she's she's actually on youtube it's and she was actually her family abandoned her her white parents abandoned her mm. because she had two white parents and she was born a black woman mm. to the point the father thought that the mother had, had cheated on him. Mm. and through genetic testing I think it's called matriculation. I, I, I'm probably saying that wrong, but it's definitely on YouTube. You can look it up. But, you know, two white people have never created a black person without having a black gene somewhere. Do down you know what I have? I do admire about the West, though. Um, and this mm-hmm. is all people just who live in the West, um, have resided in the West for, you know, over a few decades. I admire that how wrong and strong they are willing to be. I love it. I I, I think it is absolutely admirable that they will sit in this space and stay there, even if it means that people will laugh at them uh, or debunk, ridicule ridicule them, them, find ways to debunk it. But they are absolutely happy to stay in this. And I think that has to be something you know there there has to be something said for staying wrong and strong because now you will you are happy to lose a few people but you will gain the mass yeah that's true you know it's funny that you say that because scrolling on our favorite place the linkedin platform (laughs) um i was on linkedin and somebody had posted this thing about Donald Trump and all of his altruism and all the things that he's done for these different races and groups of people. I think one person was Mexican, one person was black. And you had people in the comment sections, white people, debunking this, saying Snoops did this. This is a false story. Everybody knows this is a false story. But what was interesting about that? It was a false story that had garnered 12,000 likes on the That's always what happens because... 12,000 likes and 7,000 yeah. comments. And while the majority of the comments were saying Snoop's and Snoop's, but let's just say 3,000 of those comments said Snoop, you still had, what, 4,000 yeah. that was agreeing and saying he's such a yeah. great president, he's such yeah. a great guy, he's so altruistic. So, yes, there is something about being wrong. Uh, I think essentially knowing you're wrong but saying I'm gonna yeah, put it out here anyway because, because some people are gonna agree and, and, really and you know it's the same with Kanye so the great strategy from Kanye Kanye 
has a an audience of what we're saying like two three million maybe more yeah I think I mean he, I he is quite yeah a bit. he has a big audience so Kanye now has walks out with his MAGA cap and he doesn't care because whether or not he thinks he's wrong we think he's wrong he is going to take probably a minimum of about five to ten percent of his followers with him right and he doesn't care and 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 the the um absolutely ridiculousness of people is is the ones who still are irritated by him will share articles and share more so now those people are now helping to broaden his uh his reach because they're the ones right. who are maybe opposing him but helping to share his message and out of those people there might be another four or five percent who go over and say i wonder why kanye is wearing a maga hat what is this about so we've right. got to we, we've got to accept one of two uh, two things one cancel culture doesn't exist because even if you cancel someone there will be a following of a percentage of people who will agree with them whether they're wrong or right they right. will agree with them and they will help to maintain that and then they will have friends who they can possibly convince or persuade to go back to buying stuff like we see with gucci um you know so cancel culture doesn't really exist um, outside of your own group on the internet um right and to that end right that cancel culture doesn't exist that's true because if, even if you think about the two um, or the four things that you and I say were pivotal mm. in changing the narrative, right? Now, you would think seeing police officers blatant display yeah. of brutality, officers should have been yeah. canceled, yeah. right? Like our tolerance for officers doing the wrong thing should, like every officer yeah. should have been canceled. Like they should never yeah. have gotten the benefit out after yeah. that, right? But nobody canceled the police officers. No. O.J. Simpson, for as many as people tried to cancel O.J., O.J. just decided you weren't going to cancel Because he's a boss. <laughs> because he was just going to be like, listen, I killed her. I'm going to write a yeah. whole book about yeah. killing her. And people are still going to show up yeah. to my parties. And I'm still going to go out to all the yeah. clubs in Miami. And I'm still going to have women yes. date me. He just decided you can't yeah. cancel me. And guess what? We didn't yeah. cancel him. And but for him being doing something stupid and going to prison, which... That prison sentence was really uh, trying to write him getting off on murder. It was such a reach, murder, wasn't it? You know? it, was a, yeah. it was such a reach. It was, it, was, it was trying to make a right on him getting off. And he came out of prison. And guess what? He's still yeah, not canceled. He's still rich. He still walks around. <laughs> like, he still walks around like he yeah. is O.J. Simpson. He still records yeah. videos. And, he's you know, he decides he's going to talk on whatever he wants to talk mm. on, right? Then you have um, 9-11, right? 9-11 happened and you would have thought that I think Muslims for a, 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 a while were canceled, but they haven't been, you know, permanently canceled in anybody's real, you know, real world. Like I will tell you here in America, I think we have like two or three Muslim people win um, seats into the Congress and to the Senate. If, if Muslims were truly canceled, if Muslims were truly canceled, it, nobody would want to go to Dubai. No, exactly. Nobody will be wanting to be going to Dubai mm. and bawling. Um, and what happened in terms of the U.S. elections 
could not have happened. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I think London had well, like a Muslim mayor, like forgot. I, I think you guys um, had... Oh, Khan right now. Yeah. Yes. So, so even, even in things that were pivotal that change our country and our world, no, the, none of these people got mm. canceled. So this idea of cancel culture is yeah, not a absolutely. real thing, but it's hard it's to get just, people it, it's, to understand. It's, it's not um, a real thing. Cancel culture is a form of bullying. It really is. It's a form of trying to find your identity, which I can understand. Like everyone wants to feel like they've won something. You've won nothing because mm-hmm. all you've done is you've moved the thing that you think you've canceled into the mainstream. That's it. That's it. That thing you you think is like you got to get somebody out. and the truth is, um, people may go away for a time, but they will eventually show up somewhere mm. else. And another thing, let's be honest, Dan, is that our attention span is that I of mean, a gnat. I, I, I agree. I mean, honestly, like we, by the time we have decided we are outraged by said thing, there's going to be something tomorrow to outrage you. And yeah. you would have forgotten that you were outraged by said thing yesterday we don't have the attention span to even sustain mm-hmm. a cancer culture so I just we just we stop, stop trying to, i mean yeah you're right i mean even if we go by 2020 look how many things have happened what happened to the black square what what was that for and now we've got the ma- male polished or something um you know these things are not they don't last and um, to tell people otherwise is, would be false. But again, like we say in the West, we like to be, we like to stay wrong and strong. So some people will still believe that these things are real. Um, and then my so the second thing that this is all uh, this all all boils down to is that a lot of this stuff is very very spiritual. And as much as some of us to say, oh, you know, we're not we we don't want to talk about that we're not religious we're not this we're not that every most people will still practice some sort of spiritualism so you might check your horoscopes or you are right or, or you might so meditate you say to me i'm a I, i'm an atheist but i go to the full moon party at, at thailand what do you think that full moon party is it's something <laughs> spiritual or or like like the people that said i my day just doesn't yeah. go well if i don't you know, yeah. meditate. What yeah. do you think meditation is? It's just yeah. a silent prayer to whether you, whether it's God, the universe, or anything else that you're putting energy to. It's a spiritual practice. It's still a spiritual practice. Yeah. So I think a lot of us are forgetting that some of the things that we that make us feel uncomfortable is that we have disassociated ourselves from spiritualism. We've di- we've disassociated mm-hmm. ourselves from nature. We've disassociated ourselves from how the world actually spins and the universe and the things right. that actually there are still no answers for. Um, so if we just right. thought of everything in a way of we don't actually have the answers for it, but we sh- but what we'd love to collectively hear, we would probably find solace in in the fact that we don't know anything to be true or right. false. Right. Well, here's the thing, because that requires a level mm. of humility, right? There, you know, it, it's it's one of the things I used to say to my sister all the time. It's a thing that irritates me about, you know, Christians per se, really. And, you know, insert Christian, yeah. insert Jew, yeah. insert Muslim. This certainty that they walk around with, with their holy yeah. books. 
And I'm like, you know, I, I personally believe, and this is my feeling, that it takes a level of arrogance to say that there is yeah. no God, but it takes the same level of arrogance it's to say one, that yeah, absolutely 100%. is. You know, there's humility in saying, I don't know, but I choose to believe. But that's not what the zealot religious people tell you. Like the Christians will say, I absolutely know there's a God. No, you don't. You have deep belief that there is. The Muslims will tell you, I, I absolutely know that there's mm. Allah. You don't. You have belief mm. that there is, right? Same thing with um, the Jews that, you know, believe that the mm. Messiah is coming. You really don't know, but you have strong belief. And I, listen, I can, I can absolutely accept and respect people's yeah. strong belief. But the arrogance of I know is just pure arrogance. Because none of us know until we cross over and yeah, find out yeah. what this is all about and or what it was it. all about. None of us know until that time. And so there, there got to be some humility. There has to be some, I don't have the answers. I don't have the answers to this. Yeah. It's what I believe. Like I respect people. I like legitimately respect no matter what your faith is um, yeah. that say that. Like I, I don't have the answers. Well, they don't run out I believe. of... Um, like, credentials you know because then we 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 respect that they will only speak when they're sure so we don't they don't right. run out of the the credits that we give them as um experts as such um whereas right. whereas the people who we we start to realize that some of the stuff that they said is not quite accurate we go off to find out the truth or find other sources and then we want to debunk them and that's when we start right losing credit for them which i guess is what's happened to um joe biden donald trump boris johnson like pretty much all of our prime ministers is they we, we start off or president sorry <laughs> we start off having this strong belief in them because we they align with the labels that they they've used to entangle us in their in their elections and we we believe so much right. in them and then they start practicing and we start over four years realizing that these people don't actually know what they said they did and we start to dislike them so now here, here in the uk we have so many people who started off so you know in december boris johnson because i believe we don't pick we pick people not policies in elections um so people pick people voted for boris johnson because they had a strong belief in him and it, he, he he won by a landslide and um today now with everything that has happened the people who voted for him are are, are, are horrified i've seen so many and this is the first time in my lifetime i think where i've seen so many british white people saying i'm ashamed to be call myself british i've never seen that in my lifetime yeah i've really? never seen this amount of and we're having <laughs> the opposite effect right so in america I've never seen so many white people mm. so proud to be American. I, 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 you know, I don't know what the thing is with Trump. I don't mm. know it and I don't understand it. I don't pretend to know it. Right. But I will tell you, these people are more rabid for Trump than they yeah. even were for Bush. Like I thought I saw rabid Republic Republicans during the Bush administration 
this Trump thing is something we've but never seen you know before. Trump. And I, I'm not white. And maybe, you know, on the next podcast, yeah. we bring somebody on who is white and yeah. very Trump supporter and, uh, to talk about what that is. Because I'm curious to know but can what you, is but, that? Just let's put Trump and Obama together. What they both did mm-hmm. or do or, you know, they, they both do very well is they know when to speak and they know when not to. True. And they know. And, and so the so what we're seeing with Joe Biden and Kamala right now is they are trying to speak on all of the topics and they are and, and they are leaning towards this far left which you know m- I, w- I would say most people who vote democrat most people who vote democrat are probably more left-centered and they are going right. to, and and a lot of them you know a lot of black people still vote for for um democrats um and but a lot of black people are also still christian so they are going right super to the left now where those values and those people are being pushed and they're questioning it and then they're doing things so kamala's going shopping at sneaker store they're doing all of the stereotypical things what next is she going to be rolling a blunt She's going to pull out her nine like what she's they're doing all of the things that actual <laughs> well, I said yeah. she's gonna freestyle. I, you know, I, I think she's going to leave the blunt for in the house because mm. I think she's a respectable woman. Well, I right? mean, I thought so she I think was. She's gonna get she high at home shopping. Well, <laughs> well, listen, I will say she. Well, she's not terribly respectable, but I will say she's a respectable enough woman that I think she'll get high at the house. But I, you know, the sneaker is appropriate. That's what she'll do. But I think you're right. I think people underestimate the conservativeness of black people. I I think when people think, and mostly white liberals, I think white liberals only think of black people in the stereotypical way that they see black people, right? So if if you think black people engage in crime and drugs and violence, you don't think they have any real sense of morality or connection to God. But even with all of what black people do, they're very much tethered to their spirituality and God. And so some of the things that Democrats are talking about or advocating is so out of a lot of black people's moral hemisphere that it does push them. And I think not just black people, though, I think rural white Democrats are far more conservative than I think Democrats understand their own And we've had so many, um, there probably some uh, white liberals who have, who have had these thoughts in their heads. um, And I'm saying some, um, they thought, well, if you're black, of course you can align with transgender because they link those things together right so they say so they say that that experience and and the ridicule and everything that comes with it and the shame they link it to blackness so they say well of course black people are going to vote for this because you know they understand what it's like to be to to be ostracized they understand what it's like so they link Mm -hmm. that and they're not actually understanding and realizing that uh, along with us being ostracized we've also grown up in communities where um being part of the LGBT community is not it, it is not a given. Right. So right. we will. So there will be a lot of 
a lot of black people who are questioning those values in themselves, questioning how right. far or how much they have to align themselves with it. Um, and, and, and these will be the people who will be, be looking at maybe possibly the, the, the Republican policies and not wanting, still not wanting to align right. themselves with Donald Trump and whether or not they believe he's racist, but still, but possibly looking at other, uh, other policies, other things that may align with them. And, and so they, so right. I, what I see happening is that there are a lot more black people, I guess, uh, a lot of um, African-Americans who are waking up and thinking, is this something I want to be aligned with? Because I've been brought up with these values um, but I also am so right. black and part of the black community that I can't vote for Donald Trump. Right. And part of the black community is we yeah. are historically Democrats. And I, I will say we but we aren't historically Democrats. Yeah. Historically, we're Republicans. Um, it's just recently, you know, in the last, I would say, 20, 25 years that black people had become reliably mm. Democrat and you know, we can talk about all the reasons why on the next podcast. But so now, you know, black people are facing, um, I think, for the first time, real conflict mm. in this election um, beyond, you know, the, 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 the transgender or gay issues. I just think um, I think they are they're faced with choices just in who the nominee is, which is Joe Biden and who the yeah. VP is, which is Kamala. And so. I think this is this is going to be interesting because we we said that we will be back on our next podcast. So this is kind of a great segue um, to finish this one. But we said that we will be back um, on yeah. right after the election um, to talk about our thoughts about um, who won, why we believe they won, and why we believe the other person lost. So I am really really looking forward to that conversation because. I think there's going to be a lot of emotional people in this country. And I think it's going to be worse than the first time Donald Trump kind of had an upset and won the presidency the first go around. I think should Donald Trump win, which I believe that he will and, I've, you know, but should he win again, I think it's going to be a lot worse. than the. I think the first time yeah. around people were yeah. in shock and yeah. just devastation. I think this go around may be some violence. So it's going to be interesting for us to come back um, right after the election and talk about why we think either one of the candidates won and why we thought the other one lost. Amazing. I can't wait to have this discussion. It's, um, it's going to be very, very, very interesting. And, um, you know, I, I'm kind of glad that I don't have to make the decision because I live here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of I can sit I mean, out of this and it always be like a movie to me I know you're gonna be like I just watch you lots and I'm like <laughs> oh she's watching us lots in the US lose our minds because I like I said I, I I'm really looking forward for the next podcast because I do think it's going to be a good one um and it's going to be a great discussion and I think in that podcast I think we will help hopefully help break down why the candidates lost and what um, people can do to move forward um, in a constructive way, no matter who the candidate is or who the president is, because, you know, to your earlier point, all of this is spiritual. And if you, do, if you miss that, 
then you will be disappointed by whoever is the president. Because you got to live. You still got to live. You will be in trouble. Yeah, no, it's great. I think, um, Tammy, I think if uh, if there's anyone who's listened today and they'd like to share their opinions with us, where can they reach both of us? Facebook? Facebook, LinkedIn, um, and... We will have the website up pretty soon um, that they can follow us there, that we will be uploading um, these podcasts, not just on the Anchor platform, which will be on Spotify and Apple, but also on our website where they can not just hear yes. us, but see us. This is um, so, that was such a awkward silence so as well, we'll, because guys, we're so new at this. So uh, be, be, be kind to us. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where can they find us? we just like talking <laughs> so ladies and gentlemen because I, ho- I, I hope we have both that have been listening to this podcast today I hope that you guys will tune in we will be we will be back on. Will we be back on on election night, Dan? No, or will let's, we let's be get, on let's the give day everyone after the election? Some time. I think maybe the day after. <laughs> I was about to say, maybe, maybe we give one some time to digest. Although I've already said, like, part of what I do is I irritate people on Facebook and the LinkedIn platform. So um, just because I want to irritate people, I probably will go live on Facebook the night I'll of be the right election, there with no you. matter what the outcome is. Be- yeah. <laughs> Because I, I'm curious to know what people are feeling. And I, I won't be going live to, you know, pour salt in anybody's room. No, it's glow, good. It's important to follow. I, I just want to check the um, temperature and of the people. Because as yeah. we both know, it's important to understand things um, factually. And this information we can share with our children. Yeah. Because we don't want them to be taught the lies that they might be taught at schools later on. Or teach their grandchildren. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you so much for tuning into this podcast on Labeled Accordingly. We will be back after the election. Thanks. Bye. Thank you you so much, guys, for spending some time today and hanging with us. Let's keep the conversation hot. Follow us on Facebook at Labeled Accordingly. Or if you'd like to talk to us privately, email us at labeledaccordingly at gmail.com. See you guys back here next Friday for a new episode. And, and out this yeah, yeah.